welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I am Matt. I'm Ashley. And we're joined again by our friend Garrett. Hi, Garrett. Hey, guys. We all just saw the new Scream. Uh, that's the title, Scream. Uh, kind of like the first one. But this is Scream 2022. And Garrett's going to tell us about it. All right, guys. We are back in Woodsboro. And uh, there's a killer on the loose. Or if you've seen the other Scream movies, is there more? Uh, the movie starts off just like all the other screams do. Uh, the there is a femme, not femme fatale, uh, just a a vulnerable female in a house by herself, where she gets a random phone call and she gets attacked. Only this time, this one survives, and it starts a string of events that uh, unfolds to having this group of friends slowly get picked off one by one by this mysterious ghost face mass killer. So, a little twist, but the story sounds very familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. And <laughs> I'm I'm glad we Matt and I rewatched the uh the first scream just last night or earlier this week um in preparation for this. And I'm glad we did. It had been a while since I'd seen it. But this movie references that film a lot. I'm I'm not as familiar with the sequels, so I'm not sure how how much this film references those. But um, certainly the first film, I would recommend rewatching the first film before you see this one because it really, um, I think, um, this this movie references it so much that I think you get more out of watching it if you've if you've recently seen the the first one. And and like the first one, um, this film is kind of very meta. I think Scream kind of the original scream kind of originated that that horror genre where the you know the the characters seem to know everything know a lot about horror movies and be aware and it's all um kind of a there's kind of a jokey element um to some of it and this one's no different um i don't know if that's if it's getting tiresome or or not they they found a few new things to kind of make fun of um, you know, since since the original Scream, we now have elevated horror, which was a, a you know, kind of a, a butt of some jokes in this movie. You want to tell them what elevated horror refers to? Um, those are the horror movies that have um, maybe a more sophisticated subtext. Um, you know, there's a, there's levels of meaning, perhaps, or such as. Uh, Hereditary is an example. They mentioned, they name check a few in this yeah. one. The Babadook. It follows. It follows, yes. Um, I'm glad they didn't say Midsummer, even though that would be considered elevator. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, this movie is a, is a retread in some ways. Um, but at the same time, I, I enjoyed it. I, you know, the, there's some fresh faces in, in this version that I thought were okay. Um, there was a couple that I really cared for and there were some exciting scenes, some pretty terrifying scenes. And, um, I don't know, it's a little brutal for this viewer and I hit my eyes a few times, but, uh, I don't know. I had fun. Yeah. This movie is a little more gorier and a little more brutal than, um, the ones in the past have been, I think, um, but not, in my opinion, to the level of, of Halloween kills. Uh, so that's good. Uh, yeah, this, there's nothing new under the sun with this film. Um, and in a way, that's fine. Because uh, it's a Scream movie in, in, down to its bones, uh, which uh, 
is a good thing uh, for you know because it's it's a Scream Five basically. Um, that said, it's also you know it's it's not it's not providing any kind of breath of fresh air. It's it's funny the first Scream came along at a time when the horror genre was growing a little stale um, and kind of reinvigorated it. Uh, this movie's coming along at a time when the horror genre is kind of kind of humming along quite well, um, and it's uh, it, it's it's kind of part of a, a a long family tree that is now sort of become sort of classic horror, but it's it's a slasher flick, it's a slasher whodunit flick, uh, and the movies that we just name checked uh, that it name checks, uh, you know, like the Babadook. And it follows and hereditary. Those are sort of the, the, the new, more modern, I guess, as they call it here, elevated horror films that are kind of carrying the genre. And you also have, um, some of your populist for the masses kind of stuff like, um, you know, uh, Conjuring and Annabelle, which, um, are, are, are a little bit more, uh, lowbrow, I guess, if you want to call it. Not, not, I'm not throwing shade on them. I'm just saying they're, you know they're they're not quite your hereditaries, but um yeah. So I just this movie is fine. I will admit I got a little perhaps overhyped for it. I, so I'm going to go ahead and do the Rotten Tomato scores now uh, instead of at the end because I I always I don't always forget, but there's a part of me that uh, kind of has this visceral reaction to seeing Rotten Tomato scores and uh, like. Uh, a day a day ago, I think this movie's Rotten Tomatoes critic score was like eighty six. Um, it's down to seventy seven percent now, but but it's a fresh seventy seven percent from critics. It's currently got a hundred percent from audiences. But I always forget that that doesn't mean that critics the average critic score is like seventy seven out of a hundred. It means that seventy seven percent of critics liked it. It it doesn't get into the details though of well how much did they like it. You know, I mean, on our on our on our show, we we rate a movie one out of ten or zero out of ten, and I could I could give a movie a six, which is a middling score, but that technically means I liked it. Um, so I really got overhyped with this, thinking like, oh my gosh, you know, seventy seven percent of critics like it. This is awesome, and you know, I mean, you got to look, I guess, a little deeper, right? And uh, I I'm sort of. Uh, I'm certain. I'm some, I certainly am someone who liked this, but you know, it, I, I'm not in love with it or anything. Yeah. So you know, seventy-seven percent for the fifth installment of a horror movie is freaking fantastic. <laughs> I think Halloween Five might be an eight percent. <laughs> uh, I but I'm in most agreement here. I really enjoyed this movie. It was a lot of fun. It's probably my least favorite scream. I'm, I'm just gut check. Uh, I think the other four are better, but uh, yeah, this is uh, a slasher who done it. They it delivers. It does it well, but um, it is more brutal. Uh, I didn't think it was that much of a problem. It it was kind of more take my breath away brutal than it was. Uh, I can't watch this brutal. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> There's one thing I think this movie did better than the other Screams did. Uh, I think, like, the cat and mouse part of it, I thought, was just so much more well done. In the other Scream movies, the killer just kind of ambushes wherever they are. And this one, there's a lot more intent. 
to what the killer is doing. Uh, kind of uh, putting them in a position to to set up everything. But um, I would say, I don't know, maybe I'm not asking the right crowd here, but the, my biggest issue with this movie is the dialogue. Uh, so this is a close-knit group of friends, granted, uh, you know, the way screens, screen movies work, one of them or maybe more of them are probably going to be the killer. But if you're going to be a close-knit group of friends... Why do you talk like you all hate each other? And it drives me nuts. So I don't know if that's how kids talk nowadays. Uh, or if that's just how teen dramas are. Because my wife watches some teen dramas. And I have to leave the room because that's how they're talking to one another. And it drives me insane. But like everything doesn't have to be a sarcastic quip to one another. You can be supportive of your friend without just saying like, Well, do you even care that she's in the hospital? You know, uh, it's, I don't know. I didn't think the other screen movies did that because those were teen movies as well. I could be wrong because as Matt and I were talking earlier, I could be caught up in my feelings over Scream because it was such a, a big thing in my childhood. And then the sequels, uh, I watched them all and I rewatched them all very recently. So, uh, but those are my thoughts. Well, real quick. Um, I'm looking up there, there. There's two screenwriters for this movie. One of them I cannot find any kind of date of birth information on. Um, the other screenwriter was born in 1975. So you have somebody who, and I suspect I could be wrong. I suspect the other one is probably not, certainly not a teenager, <laughs> uh, and maybe not in their 20s either. So you certainly have with a lot of these movies and TV shows about young people. You have them written by people who are like our age, like and and. Yeah, they're not going to sound real. They're going to sound like older people. Um, Writing for teenagers. Yeah. They, what they think teenagers. And yeah. to be honest, that is kind of how I hear kids talking nowadays. It's the, it's basically the Steve Buscemi meme brought to life. You know? Yeah. Like, hey, fellow kids. <laughs> yeah. Um. I did like seeing the, the legacy characters, and I thought they were handled pretty well. I guess I'm curious to know what what you guys thought. Well, and that, that's probably another thing, that a bias that's in me. I started having a lot more fun in this movie once those guys came back. Because mm-hmm. it took about a third of the movie to get through before they're, oh, let's go and bring in these characters again. But once they did, I'm like, I'm like yeah, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, they were fine. Um, <laughs> you know, I've seen all the screen movies. Uh, I've never been in love with the screen movies. I've never had a huge um, attachment to them. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, seeing the legacy characters was fine. Uh, Neve Campbell has aged really well. Uh, I have to say that. Mm-hmm. Courtney she, Love's had a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox. Oh, yeah. I said Courtney and, and maybe Courtney Love, too. She, I don't know. she definitely has. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I don't try to judge, honestly, in that. I, I've heard a lot of stories about women in Hollywood who, I mean, they face a lot of pressure. More pressure than men do. So I'm not trying to judge her there. But, yeah, uh, they they were fine. And, uh, yeah, that's what I thought. They do a fantastic job because one of the, and I think, I'm not going to put this on you guys, one of your guys' favorite new characters, they named him Wes, and they did a really good job of just throwing homage to Wes Craven. Uh, I I can't can't get into that without spoilers, but... uh, I'm not even sure what you're talking about. We we can talk about it after the court. Okay. But, yeah. Um, But there's just so many times... That they're that they bring up Wes, and I, I felt it was just so intentional <laughs> that they were doing this 
for Wes Craven. Yeah. And then even uh, right as the movie's ending, it says, for Wes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that character is played by Dylan Minnette. Uh, I, I couldn't remember his name until like toward the end of the movie. Uh, I remember too, he, his birthday is like two days after mine, a few years later. <laughs> but, but yeah, he, he was pretty, we, we get to see him in the shower, so that's cool. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I, I will say that unlike any previous Scream movie, um, there's actually a couple of kills in there that I thought were actually very sad. And um, I guess that speaks to some proper character development. Um, I won't say who, you know, these particular characters were, but um, I really felt something when um, they were killed. And I don't remember ever feeling anything like that in a screen movie before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also want to say, I liked the uh, homages to um, other horror films. And, and I mean, for example, I don't know if you guys saw it, it was a blink and you'll miss it, but there's like an establishing shot in a neighborhood and like up in the upper right hand corner is the street sign Elm street. Mm. Um, you, you had, I mean, they made a definite reference to psycho, but there's certainly a, a the, well, Dylan Minnette, the West character, he goes in the shower and they, they do a quick cut of looking at the shower head as the water's coming down. So, you know, that's a, a direct reference to psycho. It was uh, one of the kills was a direct reference to Halloween. Just puts the body up on the door and then tilts their head sideways. There was that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So it was, uh, yeah, good, uh, good references. It was very meta. I had to roll my eyes. I mean, and I don't want to get into this debate here, but, you know, um, they directly reference, they don't say Ryan Johnson's name. They talk about the guy who, who made Knives Out. They talk about The Last Jedi. They talk about Ghostbusters 2016. And they talk about toxic fandom. And, you know, I am so tired of that debate. What I'm really tired of is that if you didn't like either of those movies, it's because you're a toxic fan and you hate women or you hate diversity. I mean, I'm not a fan of Last Jedi. It has nothing to do with whatever. It has to do with, I feel like it's it's, got, it's a poor story structure and there's issues I have with the storytelling. Um, and I actually like Ghostbusters 2016. But I mean, I guess it just br- bristle because I'm like, you know, can we not? When they started talking about it, I'm like, can we not get into this in this movie, please? But they brought it up, so yeah. It's just the meta portion of it, which is another reason why I like Scream. So they they called this a requel, which is a a new phrase, and I never really thought of because the Star Wars they call them the Star Wars sequels, but. It's just kind of funny because, you know, you may you talked about it right at the opening. This is the fifth screen, but it's titled Scream. Just like uh, now with Halloween, the first one is Halloween and the second one is Halloween. Uh, it's just kind of funny. And But so they're not quite sequels because there are sequels to that movie. And they're not uh, a reboot because they are taking place after the first one. And so... It was kind of fun to get them to explain that and get into the new rules of whatever this recalls that we are dealing with nowadays are. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it got very meta. You were, and they even brought up the, the that that as well. And you know, it, it reminded me of the Matrix Resurrections in, in that you know, I mean, it. it and I like to make Matrix Resurrections okay, but I gotta say, acknowledging what you're doing does not necessarily give you a pass on it 
you know, saying that, like, make, poking fun at basically what you're doing, which is... Uh, That's what Screen does. Yeah, but I mean, well, we've talked before. I think when, when, when we all, the three of us reviewed Screen 2, you know, I went on this little rant about, you know, um, about how Screen tries to give itself a pass, the, the franchise as a whole, with its self-referential meta discourse, you know, that happens within the movie. Um yeah, that gets you so far, you know. It works best for me in Screen 1. As the movies have gone on, it's just like... Now it's it's funny, like, the first Screen was making fun of horror genre in general, right? Mm-hmm. And by doing so, it but also being kind of a serious slasher flick, it kind of reinvigorated the genre, became sort of a breath of fresh air. That's why I was trying to get out earlier in the episode here where I was saying, you know, this is this is horror doesn't need help now. Horror doesn't need a breath of fresh air. So okay. now now Scream this Scream 5 this movie is trying to reinvigorate itself. No, you know what horror needed right now? Just a slasher movie, which is what this was. We you know, even Halloween Kills tried to be an elevated horror movie and it I mean it fell flat on its face on that. But this one is just like you want your slasher flick, slasher flick. Here you go. And that's what it, uh, yeah, that's all we wanted. Just something that I'm used to. Sure. It just it feel it felt very it felt very antiquated. And maybe that's because Ashley and I just rewatched the first screen um the other night, but it that felt kind of fresh and new. This one, this one felt like your grandfather talking to you about the old days, and you realize, like, yeah, you know, he's, he was he was probably a pretty cool dude back then, right? You know, and and, and I, I respect him now, and he's seen some things, and you know, God bless him, right? But st- still, he's kind of your old grandfather telling he's telling stories, right? And I feel like that's that to me is screen twenty twenty two. I respect it. I respect the franchise. I respect what it did back in the day, but it's it's the sort of long in the tooth thing that it exists in horror right now. And and you're right, Garrett. It's a slasher flick, and maybe that's what we need right now. But slasher flicks, uh, I realized this when we, when I saw Halloween Kills in October. Slasher flicks are kind of antiquated now. Yeah, I love rewatching them from the '80s, which is my favorite decade for horror. But that was their heyday. Now, when you see them, it's like, "Eh, that's cute. I will say what I respect most about this franchise is, yes, the first one is kind of this earth-shattering movement uh, in horror. And they did it by taking all these horror tropes and kind of making fun of them and incorporating this in this new story. But by doing that, and I think I put this in the Scream 2 podcast, they then invented new horror tropes. So, like, just at the very beginning of this movie, the, you know, the killer calls up. It's like, okay, I know what's happening here. I don't know if that's a trope, but it it might be now. Uh, But when the killer opens the door and then it immediately closes right back out, I'm like, yep, the killer's going to fall down because that's what they do now. They chase it and they fall. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's cool. Um, What would you give it out of 10, Ashley? Um, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Okay. Um, I give it a seven and a half and Garrett. Well, your score is going to be, well, no, I can't do that real quick, but it's just, I give a seven. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm surprised I'm the high one here. Uh, <laughs> our score then is a 7.2 and that is Scream 2022. Thanks for joining us, Garrett. Hey, thanks for having me.
Thanks for listening.